subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. We're going to get to our CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers trivia coming up where you can win a $25 gift card. But for now, again, still reacting to the Devontae Davis Davis news. Uh, This is a text from CC in Fayetteville, and I have the same thought, CC, about not just SEC and opponents fan reaction, but how does Arkansas, how do Arkansas fans at Bud Walton Arena react to Devo being back on Saturday? He says, if people boo on Saturday, I'm going to be so disappointed. I, I think I would be a little disappointed in this fan base as well. Uh, you don't have to necessarily agree with the two different things that have gone. And, and I say that like, again, we don't know every little particular of why that's happened. I know that some have just said he quit on the team twice and there could be some truth to that. I'm not going to deny and say that's a hundred percent not factual or incorrect, but I don't know every little intricate detail. So I, I don't feel like it's rightfully my job to blast the kid for when I don't know everything's going on. But I, I do think there will be mixed feedback on Saturday, CC and Fine. everyone else listening. I, I think you'll hear some boos when he comes on the court. And I don't know necessarily when he has the ball, but I, I think you'll hear some of those from your own fans. Well, they have the right to that opinion, and it's an unusual situation. I don't think we all have a full... You know, all, all the full details. Now, I'm not saying we're owed that, but even going back to, to Maui and his departure following coming back from Maui last year where he was away, was it two games? I can't remember all that, but he, he stepped away and then came back. And then, you know, this thing, I, I think it's been tough. And when, when, when you have adversity like they've had, it, it, strains, it strains things even more. And then when you have, think about that, when you have hard things going on at work, what is called basketball work because that's what it is. And then you have things going on in your personal life and your family life. And then you've got all the pressure of this NIL stuff that's on them. And, oh, by the way, you're in your early 20s. Sometimes it's a little much for, for everyone. But I know that you got a family member that's 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 been ill. I don't know all the details with that, so I'm not even going to wade into that. But, I mean, let's not judge everything on the surface of what we see. Uh, I'm not defending Devo. I'm just defending the situation there, there's more going on. That Now, I'll say that to say I don't think Devo coming back makes a dime's worth of difference. I don't think they're getting ready to spark some, and I hope I'm wrong about this. I don't think they're getting ready to win seven of the next nine, eight of the next ten, something, uh, and make some deep tournament run. Yeah. I think Devo's just another, another guy on the roster at this point. So how much of what's happened the last three years, especially the NCAA tournament, gave him – the grace gave him the extra rope per se gave him the ability to come back when Eric Musselman may have for another player who didn't have the same impact in the postseason. He just wouldn't allow it. And I I would say it probably has something to do with that. I, I was like when the NCAA tournament rolls around, I feel like a team that's on the bubble that's had recent NCAA tournament success is going to get the benefit of the doubt. And I think in this situation, Devo was given the benefit of the doubt, not just by his coach, but by his teammates as well. Now, again, I'm not in that locker room. I'm not in the Eddie Sutton practice facility or in Bud Walton Arena during practice. But on the outside looking in, I think he's been given the benefit of the doubt. And again, I think part of the reason that has been played out is because of what he's done for Arkansas basketball the last three years. You look at almost every big regular season or postseason win, he has played a major role in that. But you look at the, how many games has he played? I'd have to pull up all of them. He's probably played close to 100 games. I'd be, I'd be mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. I'd probably be within five games, something like that. How many really great games has Devo had out of 100 games? Probably 20. I think it's that many? Great games. Not good games, great games. But thing is, five. 
I, I think I think Big C's probably closer to, to the number. But those five have come against like, Kansas. They've been they've been against Auburn at home and in beating number. Mm-hmm. They've been in big moments. But then you you know, and you can't take that away. That defines Devo. But really, when you look at the if you look at the total body of work, it's we focus on those four or five games and a win over Kansas and some postseason performances. I mean, he shined when the stage was was the biggest and the brightest. I won't take can't take that away from him. Mm-hmm. But it's not like on a on a Tuesday night at South Carolina, he's been the difference maker time and time again. He hadn't. I mean, when you just look at and go through the games, he's got a handful of great games, some some good games, and then just he's just been another player for the majority of his time on the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... and that's the frustrating thing. You see the ability to go do great things and help get you to a sweet 16 and beat one of the blue bloods. And then you come over here and you look at 70 other games that are just kind of also rans. But I wonder again, how much of that has been a byproduct on what he's been told he needs to do as the team. He's not with the exception of last year when he was asked to score more because of injuries to Treb in Brazil and injuries to Nick Smith, but it's not he all about been, scoring. He hasn't been, I mean, you can't account for every single defensive guy he's played. You're, you you look at good games as scoring. I look at good games as rebounding, too. I look at good games as assists. I look at good games as there's a lot more than just scoring. That's one. What's, what's one of the biggest issues with this team this year? The lack of assists, right? The lack of mm-hmm. sharing the basketball. The lack of setting your opponent up for success. So, no, I, I mean, good he's shots. not a scorer. I mean, he's not yeah. your guy that's going to give you 20. But that's go. That goes into having a. You can't have a great game very often, unless you got like twenty rebounds or something yeah. without scoring Score, some points. So I mean, that, that's just. I mean, he, they still determine the winner with points. Yeah, he. I mean, he's a really good role player that has had a, a major impact in almost every one of Arkansas's monumental wins in the Eric Musselman era. But because he's from Arkansas, we put him on this shelf as though like you got you know Scotty Corliss, and then somewhere on that next shelf is Devo, and it, no, yeah, not he even is, close. Well, He's not even in the top 25 of players to, to, to ever come through this program. But he is, when you look at the accolades in postseason, he's one of only 10 players to make three straight Sweet 16s. He's, again, been a part of Dude, you could draft team. three. You could draft at least two and maybe three all-time Razorback rosters and not get Yeah, to no, I'd, I'd say, yeah, at, at least three at that point. But the postseason, the proof is in the pudding, and the teams that he's been a part of win over and over and over again with the exception <laughs> this of this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, there again, there's going to be pushback. But you all, again, defensively, he guards the – and I, this year has been an anomaly. He hasn't been a great defender this year. I will fully admit that. I've watched him, and I've been puzzled by the mistakes and the, the things that he did this year that I hadn't seen the last three years, particularly when he was a stud his freshman year. But he guards the best player every single game. And most of the time, that best player – is well below his season average, with the exception of this year. You look at Brandon Miller last year. You look at some of the other games he played. These guys are getting abused by a kid that's three, four, in some cases five inches shorter than him. He is a pest. He's a pissant. And he's, again, been a part of a lot of, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. This could blow up. We'll just have to wait and see. JR is on line one on the McCarty-Daniel hotline. JR, welcome in. Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, man? Good, Jr. Hey, I don't, I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference uh, with him coming back. But this year, it seems like he has. Did he get ejected one time uh, for got, a flagrant two? He's got a technical, and then yeah, the the kick was it Auburn? The Auburn yeah. when the kick the the Auburn game is where he shoved the kid. That's the oh, opening yeah. SEC play. Shoved him down in the corner, right in front of the bench. Then had the kick going to the basket. I can't remember which game. I, I, I'll, I'll look at it. Go ahead, Jr. I'll, I'll look yeah. that up right now. But, but anyway, it just seems like his his attitude this year has just not been not been what it needs to be for someone who is supposed to be mature enough to be a leader on the court for the team. And I, I think that just speaks so well to the team this year, you know, because I think with the uh, issues with NIL transfer portal, all the off court drama that's going on and this just this just adds to the the pot to be stirred and stuck you know it was this, the it was it, the a and m game it, where he had the uh the flagrant too anyway um you know it's just 
this season, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it a dumpster fire, but I can tell you right now <laughs> that I don't think it's going to make any difference at all, yeah, you know, I'm him coming back. I'm not so mad. Maybe he's just going to try to finish him. I'm oh, not, I'm not either. I'm not, I'm I'm not either. Here, but, you know, just I, I'm just, I'm not like, hey, now we're ready to go. You're yeah. hundred. I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. This to me is not just this dramatic uh, season-changing thing that we'll see. No. Uh, I hope. I hope we're both wrong, but I don't see that we are. Jimmy's in Conway on line two on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Jimmy, welcome in. Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, Devo to me is uh, unrealized potential. That's that's how I look at him. Ashes. Uh, of brilliance, but he has just never been able to put it all together. To, to me, now when you've got in today's college basketball, when you've got a fourth-year player and he's not contributing, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Because you know most of them, they're getting rid of them. They're asking them to go somewhere else. He has shown enough that where they're hoping he can get it together, but he, he just hasn't done it. Jimmy, let me ask you this. Because I think this is somewhere in the calculus with all of us. It is with me, and I would assume it. it tell me if it is with you. Now that we live in the NIL world, we see, you know, the, at least externally, the the money that a player like Devo's getting. We 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 see it on social media. We hear about it. You know, we we hear the stories. How much does that factor into how you feel? Oh, I think it factors in. Yeah. Yes, I think that's Not part of it. Yet. I don't think we'd feel the same way five years ago about. An identical circum- set of circumstances. No way. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if, if Devo does not have to score, be a scorer to contribute. If if he would just get his butt out there and play defense like he's capable of, mm-hmm. that would make a big difference to this team. But he hasn't even been able to do that. He's just been like off the tracks. I, I don't. I don't know. I hope he, he can get it together and, and figure it out. But man, he he has potential, but he just he's just not there. You know, I don't. I wish him well, and I love his heart. But man, it's it's been rough watching this young man, and very frustrating because you you know what he's capable of, and he just he just can't get it done. Yeah, I would say this year you're 100% correct. I have been floored at times to watch what I typically assume is going to be a, a defensive lockdown performance from him. And again, I mentioned this earlier, he guards the best player. His task is not easy. There's a lot of skilled college basketball players today. But the last three years, he's done a really good job shutting these guys down. And this season just hasn't shown the same tenacity, grit, and what you need on that side of the floor to t- completely take it out. And it's a culmination of not just his defensive performance, but a lot of other guys. He doesn't have the luxury of wings like Jordan Walsh or Audis Tony. these other 6'6", six, 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 uh, AB, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, guys that can help him out if he does get blown by or if he gets beat. Uh, this team, unfortunately, I know they're still top 10 or something in NCAA in blocks, but they have not, uh, again, defensively been anywhere close to last three years at this point. All right, we will come back again to the Devontae Davis news this morning, but it's 6.45 on a Tuesday. That means it's time for CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers Trivia. This is CJ's Trivia Tuesday, presented by CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers in Fayetteville and Russellville. It's delicious. There must be 50 customers out there. It's unbelievable. When all you do are burgers, they have to be the best. All right, so we have played some Toby Keith songs this morning already. And this is going to be a really, really easy trivia answer for you. All you have to do to win a $25 CJ's Butcher Boy Burger gift card is name this song. And it's not going to take long at all. I'm going to make this about as first grade as possible. Call or text us on the McCarty Daniel That way he can get it right, Yeah. Make this easy. Call or text us 877-377-6963. Just crank that up. Ground out tie talking. There you go. When's the, I mean, Toby Keith's been around as long as you... Live. 
Mm-hmm. I listened to him when what I was. was the, what was the uh, any first song you remember? Hey, that's the first Toby. This, this one? one. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to give it away. I think almost everyone yeah. everyone knows this song, but again, my parents would turn down the certain part that says the swear word. Evidently, it didn't rub off on me. Didn't uh, didn't adhere to that at this point. We got plenty you know of text. I can't hear you. Just talking. You have a microphone. Use it. Rhett from Springdale. Rhett from. Oh, you don't Springdale. have to shout. <laughs> Congratulations, Rhett. Rhett. Well, he didn't answer it yet. Yeah. Rhett, what is this song? Uh, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue by Toby Keith. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, it is a uh, it's a great song. Unfortunately, it comes with some sad news. I know there's some people that are just jumping in with us this morning at 647, but uh, Toby Keith dead at the age of 62. Passed you know, away. You think about moments and things that happened following 9-11 that brought us all back together and Kind of got us back on our feet, and uh, did you get his information. He hung up. Pray that Red or Brett? Red. 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 Call back. We need. Uh, we need. We need your deets so we can get you the uh, the gift certificate. Um, but you know, you think about President Bush throwing the throwing the pitch out at Yankee Stadium. You think about President Bush standing on the pile of rubble, talking in the megaphone, and you think about a song like that. And there were a few others, but those were the kind of the threads of what sewed us all back together as a country. And there were others that wrote songs in, in that in that moment, but that one from Toby Keith is, to me, one that maybe stands out above the rest. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to beat, and um, it's just a really, really great song. It has a great drop, and uh, you mentioned, the, again, some of the uh, more important times the last two decades of American, like, oh, s- stuff out there. History? That, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, but, you know, th- we were on the mat a little bit, and you know, songs like that, moments like I mentioned, or, or just a, a, a couple of examples of what uh, probably brought us back together as, as an American people. Yep. I don't know what's happened since then, but at that point, we were all together, yep. rowing the same boat. And that is, uh, again, CJ's Butcher Boy Burger trivia, whether mm-hmm. it's Fayetteville or in Russellville. Stop by and see Keith and his team at both locations, Keith and Sally and their team in Russellville, and then Keith and his team in Fayetteville. The best burgers, fries, and shakes around. That's not just me saying it. That's Northwest Arkansas saying it. They win the best of Northwest Arkansas, the best of the best all the time. It's CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. When all you do are burgers, they have to be the best, and they are at CJ's. Talking about American American soldier, brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue, some of Toby Keith. Is there anything more American than a burger? I mean, that's about, a, I guess you could say apple pie, baseball, but I mean, a, a burger is about as American as it gets. So, uh, yeah, you can be a good American mm-hmm. at CJ's. I, uh, I used to play basketball with a guy named Red who lived in Springdale, so I'm wondering if Was this his is name a, Lashley? Uh, Red Lashley? Yeah, do you know who that is? No, oh, that's, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, his last name's Barrett. I think Red's last name's Barrett. Red yeah. Lashley is the head coach yeah. of... Um, <laughs> SMU, yeah. brain fart this yeah. morning. Yesterday, yesterday was National Fart Day, and I just had a brain fart a, a day after the the holiday. At this point, Lashley's he's having success down there at SMU. They did they win the American Athletic, or did they go to the championship this past year? I can't remember, but yeah, they did. You were, you're right about success, and and he's a he's a good up and comer off the uh, Gus Malzahn tree. Yeah, they have. Uh, you think about some some again Arkansas. We were talking about the car. Co- his, his name was mentioned for the coordinator job here. I don't know that you would leave a head coach post to do that, but uh, at that level, at least I did um, see that uh, Chip Kelly, head coach of the UCLA Bruins, is um, contemplating moving to the NFL for a coordinator. I think it was the Washington Commanders, maybe OC role. I'm telling you, man. I think we're going to see a lot more college coaches than than we think are going to transition back to the NFL. I heard Clay talking about this yesterday on Ruskin and Zach. I think it's, it's Jeremiah Washburn, the guy that works in Philly, the uh, defensive line coach, I believe that's correct. Um, it's So obviously in the NFL season, you're working 80 hours a week or whatever. It's insane. Any football then, job you are. Yeah, but in the spring and summer, it's not as – he was describing it more as like an 8-to-5 job, and it's not really 8-to-5 in college, I don't think. It seems like, and I know you have dead periods and stuff like that, but it it sure seems like the work schedule and the load and the constant recruiting aspect and everything in college is just a lot more stressful. Not that the NFL, there's aspects that are uh, are 
are negative and cons compared to the college. You don't have as much say. You don't. Uh, I don't know if you garner the same respect from your team or your position players than you would in the college game. You're a lot more. Your word is a lot more. I think law in college than it is the National Football League. But I still think we're going to see a lot more college coaches transition back to the NFL. Um, I, I think. Uh, I think for similar or nearly same money is probably in some regards less headaches, and you're dealing. You know. You're just dealing with a little more mature uh, athlete that you're coaching, and and probably the the challenges. I'm gonna make sure I word this the way I want. The challenges you have today with the kids that have the kind of money they have probably make the job a little bit harder because they have more distractions, they have more things going on, they have more demands on their time because of NIL. And let's just face it, you put the kind of money some of these 18, 19, 20 year olds have in their hands, they're not all going to make good decisions. So. There's a lot of money in the hands of NFL players, too, obviously, but uh, at least you got a, a little bit more mature person probably on the other side of that, that meeting room table. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas, is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Your favorite Toby Keith song. There's plenty of good ones to listen to. We got losers. But as we welcome in our friend uh, Bruce Stan at Pradco Fishing. And Tommy, Tommy, you, you said yours earlier. Remind me, what did you say it was? Your favorite Toby Keith song? Oh, probably uh, Red Solo Cup or, uh, oh, that's a tough one. Or As Good As I Once Was. I'm, I'm getting the title, the actual title, but you know the song. I think that's right. I think It's Good As I Once Was. As Good As I Once Was. I believe that's correct. Oh, there's a bunch, I mean, he's got a 30-plus year career, so it's, I mean, it'd be like asking someone to pick their favorite George Strait song. He's not George Strait, but I mean lengthy career so he was in the lure business too uh bruce from pradco's here the, what, what was it rebel lure what was the, the company in greenwood that he uh he recently we're, bought we're, we're rebel lures we've okay. been asked since 1962 i know i'm getting it wrong so he bought lucky strike lucky strike out okay. of uh, greenwood and uh you know bill norman used to make lures in that building until we acquired them and uh we moved it to fort smith several years ago and another company moved in and uh toby has been lifelong friends with uh, Jimmy Houston. A lot of people recognize him from uh, being that fisherman with the bowl cut, 80-year-old man with with bangs on uh, ESPN. So Jimmy fished a lot of shows with Toby Keith. He was actually in the Red Solo Cup uh, video uh, back when they used to play it on Country Music. He bought that one television. a year ago. I mean, a couple what, years ago. He went yeah. to ICAST this year. He was real gracious. I mean, I don't fraternize with competitors that much because we're trying to defeat them, kill them, beat them, run them out of business. But uh, he he actually held held a couple of uh, I guess meals at night with some of our customers and uh, one of the guys had a daughter that liked the red white and blue and he actually sang it to her on my buddy's phone 
And uh, that, that was just cool. When, when yeah. big stars do things like that and they're just normal people, I, I, I just think that's so cool. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, Toby King. Yeah, he, he was big into horse racing and owned some – had interest, I don't know, you know, all the particulars, but had an interest in horses and was commonly seen at Oaklawn. Uh, would drive over. I know there, if you go to the Dariette in Mount Ida, there's pictures of him in there where he'd stop and, you know, get something for the road or whatever. So, I mean – there, there's a lot of people listening that either in Greenwood with Lucky Strike or with the horses in Hot Springs. He, his, um, his uncle, Mr. Ross, was my high school chemistry teacher, and um, so he's got family in Fort Smith. So there, there's, there's ties, and we bring it up this morning because uh, I think there's a lot of people that probably either saw him in concert here in here in our state or somewhere, or know a family member, or saw him at the horse races, or worked with him at the. At the plant in Greenwood, something. Well, know. he played boys' club football in Fort Smith. You know, Jerry Glidewell always put that in the yeah. little mail-outs they had a couple times a year. And there's little pictures of little Toby Keith playing Pee Wee mm-hmm. Rinky Dink football in Fort Smith Boys Club. He's a Before big, he moved to more Oklahoma. Yeah, he's a big dude. I, I, I yeah. bet he... Uh, I think he played semi-pro football for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool. We got a couple texts here. Uh, Red Solo Cup, Dommy, like yourself, Dylan and Greenwood. Uh, David and Greenwood says, uh, don't let the old man in. Uh, Jeff in Tulsa said his favorite song was the Wayman Tisdale song, and then courtesy of the red, red, white, and blue out of the four seven nine. That's mine as well. Him, just, him and Willie on "Beer for My Horses" is. Uh, I mean, you just think he's got several of just good sing alongs. Red Solo Cup's a good, you know, sing along song. So I mean, uh, he, you know, just just iconic ones that you, hey, when you hear the hook or you hear, you know exactly who it is. You know exactly what the song is. Well, I've never been divorced. Uh, my wife, Wyan, will be glad to hear that, that she's listening <laughs> but who's that man is my favorite song 1994 i yeah. think at some point uh ty you probably relate to breaking up and uh you've never been divorced but you know Thank you've been God. broke up with hey, probably he, he and, does the breaking you've up. probably uh <laughs> you know turned around the neighbor's drive you'd be hard to recognize in that pickup truck just no fixer up you know <laughs> and we think about uh 9 yeah, you had American Soldier, and then uh, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. You know, we were talking about it that earlier. We played that song earlier. You know, there's a few things that kind of got us off the mat, kept us all together as a country. I mean, you know, Alan Jackson uh, had uh, had a song that was "Remember When." I, I'm going off the top of my head, and then you uh, uh, then you had that song that we're just at you know, that moment. George Bush throwing out the pitch at Yankee Stadium, him standing on the pile of rubble with the megaphone. He's, to me, those are some of the things that all were part of the the threads that kind of sewed us back together. Well, you know, Toby's from this part of the country, so a lot of us, Arkansas, Oklahoma, relate to him. He writes things mm-hmm. kind of from our perspective, rough, uh, but like to have a good time. And, uh, man, he'll be missed. He, yeah. That was part of our life for a long time. Absolutely. And it still will be. Absolutely. How you been? Man, we had good weather this week to, to get out on the water. Well, I was in Lexington Saturday. So I, I'm, I'm I, gonna, I was going to tee you up on that in a little bit, but you, you, you went know, right to I, it. I've been reading through the Bible, and I'm in Exodus right now, and, and it was a real-life example. When you're up by 15 with two minutes left, it's an Exodus at Rupp Arena. They all leave. <laughs> it's a departure, and it was, it was, even, it was biblical. It even, was awesome. Even Cal, who was too much of a pansy to do his post-game show yeah. after getting yeah. hung a hundred on in his own house. Hundred thirty. Yeah, with uh, Don Connect, I'd say had just a good. I mean, pedestrian game. Yeah, and just, that's what that's what stood out to me. And I was, say, it's only happened twice at Rupp. In the points. SEC, in Arkansas. In didn't Arkansas do it? Was first to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's only the third time ever that Cal is in like two hundred fifty four home games that yeah. he's trailed the entire time. That's the difference. Tennessee can score. You know, you normally Barnes doesn't want to get in a track meet, but it's like this year. I think it's like well. Y'all want to run? We can run. We got some people that yeah. can score. Now, Josiah Jordan James ain't going to score twenty six every night, but no. that I think he scored nine in the previous five games, so he that was good. Yeah, he can uh, he can shoot. He's, he's good defender as well. Tennessee and I would guess when we get to our Pradco Pyramid of Power is going to be up top. They have, I mean, I would say them, uh, Alabama and Auburn. I, I just don't know if Kentucky plays enough defense to get to a Final Four. They don't play I mean, any defense. That is the worst. It's such a juxtaposition with with Cal's teams because usually they're good on defense at first, then they figure out their offense because they start getting the chemistry together. This team's great offensively. They're terrible defensively. They're awful. They're, they're terrible. I'll say this though: Dillingham's the best player in the conference. He ain't gonna win Conference Player of the Year. He's the best scorer in the conference. He's amazing. He went like what six of eight, thirty five. Yeah, he was thirty five. And he's he's like a SG, Shea Gilgis Alexander. 
for a little guy, he gets to the hole and he's got the great bank angles. He's just, and he's got mid range shot, which is, you know, as you know, that's a dying mm-hmm. art. That yeah. mid, if you can hit that 10, 12 footer, man, you can score, well, score any time. There's just a lot of it. Tom, Tommy, you and I were talking about this yesterday. I mean, you had Duke, North Carolina, you had Houston, Kansas, you had Wisconsin, Purdue. I mean, you had like four or five top 25 matchups on Saturday. I found myself, I mean, after. I watched Arkansas get throttled in Baton Rouge. I just watched college basketball the rest yeah. of the day. I watched Duke, North Carolina, and then I watched uh, you know Kentucky and Tennessee. It was, that was that was a good way to, to kind of wind down the day. All right, favorite Toby Keith song? Who's that man? Who's that man? Who's that man? Who's what was that? your favorite one? Courtesy of the Red, Wine, Blue. Uh, I figured it's I want to talk about me. That that just seems to maybe be your anthem. I just I don't know. I thought why. It'd be Red Solo Cup. Yeah, that's what, well, that's what Tommy's that, is. I mean, well, I got I've got to contain him on the good as the, I once during was. the weekend yeah. uh, and the weekends. And when I've changed, Bruce, I don't do that anymore. All I've right, changed that, man at twenty nine years old. Change, he's, he's really maturing now yeah. in the last twelve months. All right, that's your morning rush daily question. Is brought to you by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. Who are the best basketball teams in the SEC? SEC. Let's find out. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. All right, you were there in attendance in uh, Rupp Arena and watched Tennessee down Kentucky. Is that enough to get them to the top of the Pradco Pyramid of Power this week? Who's sponsoring the Pradco Pyramid of Power? Well, uh, maybe I need to redo mine then. uh, (laughs) Was it enough to get them to the top of your Pradco Pyramid of Power? Oh, they're on top of mine. On top of I'm, I'm doing a preemptive on Alabama because they're going to lose at Auburn this week. So I'm just, I'm, I'm not even putting them up. And All they right. beat them by 20. Hey, yeah, I was going to say they got smacked around by Tennessee. That was another, wasn't that another 100 per 91 to 91? 70, okay. yeah. Well, I got Tennessee near the top of the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Well, but let me get to this. Uh, and hear me out, boys. Hear me out. South Carolina's at the top of the Pradco Pyramid of Power. They beat Kentucky. They beat Tennessee. They beat Georgia in three of their last four, and Missouri. In all their last four games. Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, Mizzou. They play Ole Miss and Vandy this Three. week. They're seven and two in the league. They're nineteen and three. I think with the wins they've got on their resume, how, how do you not put I South will, Carolina there right now? Help me on that. That Tennessee game was in, was in Knoxville. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was a one possession game with thirty seconds left. I mean, we didn't we didn't play well. We had Kentucky on our mind. They couldn't. I was going to say they couldn't shoot that game. That was Tennessee's probably worst offensive was, game of the season. Uh, Tommy, but I Tennessee loses midweek. Wins on Saturday, but the team that beat them goes two and zero. I've got to put by all rightful, uh, by 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 all rights, South Carolina at the top. Defensively, they're the best team in the league. Lamont Paris is coach of the year. Yeah, yep. and offensively, they are very, as we like to say on this program, connected. Like they they find the mismatch and they exploit it. So <laughs> I don't. I don't have a huge push. That word needs anymore. to die this year. Connected. Oh my. <laughs> Dalton connected. How about that? Yeah, yeah. He's, that's so you mentioned. But Tennessee's connected with a K. Dillingham will win freshman of the year. Connect will win player of the year in this league. All right. So South Carolina, number one. They're 15th in the poll, seven and two in the league. 19 wins so far this year. Again, Ole Miss and Vandy this week. So they'll get, I don't know about Ole Miss, but they'll definitely beat Vandy. They'll get their 20th win at least this week. Tennessee, number two in the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Best road win of the of the week, and maybe best road win of the year at Kentucky. But as we mentioned, did lose midweek to South Carolina. So I got them number two at six and two in the league, 16 and five. LSU and A&M this week for Tennessee at number two. Yeah, I mean, I just flipped them. I mean, I'm a homer. I had Tennessee number one. I saw it with my own eyes, 103 points. That doesn't happen a rough every day. The route at Rupp, as we're calling it. Uh, the, the, the problem with South Carolina, they don't have the resume. They didn't beat Wisconsin. They didn't beat Illinois. You know, they didn't play a lot of the teams. They did, they Tennessee, did beat Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama. Though. Well, yeah, they beat Tennessee, but they lost to Georgia, too. I will say, you look at Tennessee and Alabama's non-conference schedule, who have more losses mm-hmm. than South Carolina, it's nowhere in the same stratosphere well, of who they play. No, but, but this is a snapshot. Give them their due. This is a, a weekly snapshot, and I'm going to put South Carolina at the top, Tennessee, too. I'm moving Alabama up to three. They beat Georgia and beat Mississippi State. They play Auburn and LSU. They're averaging nearly 90 points a game. Um, that's going to be when Alabama and Tennessee play. That's going to be a track meet. Well, it already was. We beat them yeah. ninety-one to seventy-one the right. first time we played them. So that, that I'm going to that game uh, first Saturday in March. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. That's to their only uh, them again. Only lost sixteen and six. I got Alabama at number I would, three. I would say Mark Sears might be the only other guy that has a chance to beat out Mark Sears. Connect. Can ball. 
Mark, he, he, he can ball. He put twenty. He on twenty six on Arkansas and Bud Walton last year. He's an outstanding player. Yeah, I, I agree. They're number three. All right, so you got Bama at three. You got Auburn at four. I got Auburn at four. They beat Ole Miss uh, in at Oxford. First first team right to to get a, a conference win. At Oxford. Scored 56 mm-hmm. points Correct. in the second half after yep. being down nine at halftime. They, they balled out in the second half. So, and they beat Vandy in the middle of the week, which doesn't impress anybody. Bama and Florida, huge week for Auburn. Bama and Florida this week. So, uh, that's uh, that's going to be a big one. Huge mid Is that uh, tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. ESPN 2 huge. 6. Huge so game. Next six games for Auburn at Ole Miss versus Alabama at Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky. At Tennessee, that's that's a tough schedule. Murder's row right there. All right, so South Carolina one, Tennessee two, Alabama three, Auburn four. Moving Kentucky down to number five. Yep. yep. They lost two games last week. Still think they're better than Ole Miss. Uh, lost at Florida in overtime. We mentioned. Uh, you may mention again. Who did they lose to Saturday? Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee, Tennessee Volunteers. Who <laughs> scored how many points? One hundred three. One hundred three. So they've lost three of their last four. They got Vandy and then Gonzaga. On Saturday, that will be a CBS special this week. So uh, Kentucky's got to get back on the right side of this. Ole Miss and Auburn next week, but they're averaging 88 points a game, right, uh, right behind Alabama. But uh, so that there's a couple, there's three teams that just score at will: Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky in this league. They don't play any defense, but I got Kentucky at number five. Well, if you look at that Kentucky Gonzaga game two months ago, you think, man, I'm gonna watch that game. Mm-hmm. That's 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 gonna be a top ten matchup. Well, Gonzaga, you know, they lost to St. Mary's the other night. They're like five losses. I think they've got three conference. They're not even ranked. Might not even be in the tournament right now. They, uh, Their fans were throwing. We were talking about this show. Their fans were throwing stuff on the court. And I was just. I mean, if you're going to say, if those guys are getting upset with Mark Few, I mean, I think all fans just need to pump the brakes, yeah. check their oxygen levels. And that guy's, that's a, he's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. If Florida had not lost to AM, I'd put them at number six, but they did. So I got Ole Miss at uh, the tail end of the Pratt yep. Pyramid of Power. They lost to Auburn on Saturday um, at home, and then uh, they play South Carolina and Kentucky this week. So they can firmly put themselves back in this week. Five and four in league play, 18 and four overall. I just I got them a hair ahead of Florida because of Florida's loss to AM after beating Kentucky, but uh, that's where I'm at. South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama. Auburn, Kentucky, Ole Miss in that order. The Pradco Pyramid of Power. Ty, uh, as the only ones we differ on is one and two. Yeah, I got Ole Miss at six. They, they got a tough week at yeah. Carolina, at yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, so uh, Ty, where are we right? Where are we wrong? I think you framed it correctly. It's snapshot, South Carolina deserves to be at top. Body of work overall this season, probably Tennessee. So I think there's arguments to both sides. When but it's, it's hard to sit here and put, at least for, for this week, South Carolina behind Tennessee when they just – Beat them head up. Yeah. So I, now I that doesn't mean they will again. Doesn't mean I, I, I now who do I think could go to the final four? I think Tennessee could win it all. It's got more. I don't think South Carolina can win it all, but but uh, although they're very good, but I think this week they've got to go there. Tennessee. I, I was shocked when you said last week that Tennessee had never been to a final four. Never been. I, I was thinking about some of the outstanding players that have come through that program, and I was like, not one time, but. Uh, this, if any Barnes team can do it, yeah. this would be the year. Out, outside of the uh, top six, I go Florida, then Georgia, then A and M, LSU, Mississippi State. Then the bottom three have kind of separated themselves, but Arkansas is still in that bottom three. They're ahead of Vandy, who moves themselves ahead of Missouri with a head-to-head win. So Arkansas, Vandy, Mizzou, the bottom three in the league. Vandy's out of the cellar. Yeah, they got yeah. the one win. Mizzou now zero and nine in league. Play. Arkansas still has home games against Vandy and Missouri. That'll help. Um, can we play him? Can we double down on that? that that's can you play a double right header? Yeah, can we can we do that? Just but, get uh, out of the as Tommy we were talking about. Or just get out of the Wednesday night of the SEC tournament. If you, well, you think about, I mean, think about this. Let's just say the Pradco Pyramid of Power is the final seeding order of the SEC. So South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn would have buys under this fictitious scenario. We're talking about Kentucky having to play on Thursday, Ole Miss playing Thursday, Florida and Georgia's the upper seeds. Love it. I mean. Winning on Wednesday is not going to get you any favors as far as who you're going. Because I think teams 5, 6, and 7 are pretty darn good right now in this league. Arkansas in the play-in game. Yeah. That's crazy. Arkansas picked third, I believe, uh, preseason. South Carolina picked dead last. And so how, do they, how do they do the first day? Do, do they bracket them opposite each other, the, the well, bottom the, four? The bottom four bracket, yes. Correct. Opposite, yes. So Arkansas, as it lays right now, would play Vandy? Uh, six, seven, eight. Right now, 
so it's 14 versus 11 and 12 yes. versus 13. Right. It, oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, then you look at the teams ahead of that and then the teams in the next door. I mean, just, I'm just saying there's there's no safe haven even in those first couple of days, you no. know. No. I mean, yeah, you win on Wednesday, but then what? You know, that's what I'm saying. You're going to play a, probably a team that's got 22, 23 wins. Didn't Georgia do that the year the uh, Georgia Dome, like – the roof caved in. They played yeah, Arkansas the final played tennis. Tech. Arkansas played, yeah, I mean, they they did the 30 for 30. Arkansas played Tennessee over there in the semifinals. Stephen yeah. Hill hit that hook shot yeah. and beat Tennessee, got to the finals. And it, I think they played two in the same day and lost to Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. But they won every, they won, yeah. they went four or five. I don't remember, but it was an unusual set of circumstances. It wasn't a good Georgia team. Yeah. It was probably, that was back, probably four probably because four. back when you had 12 teams. Yeah. So. That was the – that Tennessee was a Chris Lawson was team. Because I remember he missed 08? a pull-up jumper at the end of that game that I thought was in. I can remember. I mean, Arkansas uh, – Stephen Hill there at the end just came to life. He hadn't done nothing the whole game and then makes that shot to, to, win, you, to win you the ball game over Tennessee. My so. dad took a picture of me and Stephen when we went to North Little Rock, and I'm like – probably seven or eight maybe i'm a little bit older but it was the start because he's what seven he was seven one or he is seven one he's not dead but uh <laughs> the difference is uh it's pretty it's pretty crazy yes. when you're a kid and you're sitting next to it like i'm five eleven six feet now stand next to some guys like guards and we're about the same size but as a kid standing up to a seven foot one guy i was i'm looking up like holy cow i didn't know someone could no. get this big Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, so we've talked Devontae Davis and Toby Keith this morning. Arkansas baseball is just around the corner, so I do want to mention Dave Van Horn at a sold-out Swatters Club yesterday. Here was him talking about this season, the hype around this team, audio courtesy of Pig Trail Nation. It was pretty cool to see this many people come out. It was a nice day. There's a lot of hype around the baseball program right now, and they know that we have a chance to be pretty good. And I think, you know, it's just all coming together for us. I think that if we can have a good month, it'll be just this big next month as well. So exciting for me as a coach, and our whole staff came to this one. They're all back with the players right now. But, you know, it just kind of you know, keeps you motivated a little bit. We're motivated as it is, but it, it, it always helps. I think you mentioned this yesterday. They've been preseason top five by, and there's way too many baseball polls, but I think they're preseason top five on every single one I've seen. And one of them might have even been number one. So there are a lot of people, and you combine that with the fact that your football team wasn't any good, your basketball team is doing what it's doing right now. That, though it's not fair, adds more expectation to this baseball team. You know how Bruce talking about his Tennessee Volunteers, said it's Final Four bust for him. Doesn't care about the regular season. Doesn't care about a tournament title. That was wild. Well, we're at a point, I think, with Razorback baseball, it's national championship or bust. It's not that you don't appreciate or care about going to Omaha. It's not that you don't care or appreciate about getting to the national championship series. And all those would be great things that wouldn't, I mean, not going to leave you sour, but you're, we're, we're kind of at that national championship or bust moment because – I, yes, I want it as a fan. Yes, you want it for the program. I want it for Dave. I mean, we talked about the passing of Mike Martin earlier this week. 17 College World Series appearances, zero national titles. I mean, 17's a heck of an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that, that's the next step, obviously. I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's, that's obvious, but that... I think a lot of people are in that camp. It's national championship or bust. Being runner-up again is not going to, uh, you know, to, to satisfy you. Yeah, and again, 64-94-24, good chance it happens right. this year with the uh, the baseball so, team. So the expectations don't scare anyone. They certainly don't scare the uh, Dave Van Horn or his team. So, I mean, being top five in all the polls, bring it on. Yeah. And, I have, and uh, if you can come out of this – I'm sorry. If you can come out of this league – and being that you don't even have to, to 
win this league to be national championship worthy. We've seen that over and over again mm-hmm. you know, with the Mississippi schools and, and others in this league that have played well into the postseason and didn't win their division or didn't win the league. So, I mean, uh, I'm not even going to get too, too warped if you finish third in I'm, the division and don't win the conference tournament title. At who, that's, not, that's not what it's about. I quietly expect them to win it every year, but I'm not going to get worked up and get my hopes up just because of the pain of getting there, getting that close, and it not happening. You realize how hard it is for it to for you to get to that point again. But no, I agree though. The expectation every year is to is to be in Omaha, and once you get there, it's a crapshoot. You can win. I mean, I mean you just got to have your pitching. There's so many things in baseball that have to go your way. It starts with healthy pitching that's on the right rotation. Yeah, and speaking of that, I saw Ole Miss, uh, Kendall Rogers, D1 Baseball, who's tremendous at his job. Uh, at Ole Miss lost projected starter, and I'm just I'm, I'm on Twitter every single day hoping that I don't see another injury list. I know Hunter Dietz is back practicing one of the, the young players for this baseball team. Uh, I don't know if he's projected to start or not, but I'm just hoping Arkansas doesn't have to deal with that because you think about where they've been with – uh, Paul Ed, and uh, I think there was another guy or two that they lost, and it, it, it's pretty common in the SEC. I mean, you just lose guys, but uh, last three teams in the conference, uh, you think about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and LSU all winning national champions, not just from your conference, but from your division but, too. But also, let, let's balance the conversation. Think about all the joy this baseball program has brought us the last 20 oh, years. Yeah. Think about all the fun and the excitement and the trips mm-hmm. and the relevancy and we all feel a little more respected um, as a fan base, as a program. Think about what the last 20 years has brought all of us. And we, and, and we don't need to, you know, when we say national championship or bust, well, let's, you know, and I'm right there in that crowd. But at the same time, you also have to, to savor and, and respect and, and be thankful for everything you've, you've gotten to enjoy the last 20 we, years. We better enjoy every year Dave Van Horn yeah. has left because once he retires, I think it's reasonable to expect that there's at least going to be somewhat of a drop-off. Well, we'll feel we'll feel like Bama fans feel now. Now, I'm not comparing the <laughs> the six national titles Bama had under Saban to what's happened here in baseball, but it's it's similar in the fact that if, if going to a college World Series and putting those, those years out on your wall carry a heavy weight with you, and they do with me, that – it's not, you're right, it's not going to be the same moving forward. Yeah, and kind of like you said, you, not that so you don't. So enjoy it while it lasts. Not that you don't want it for the Ragebacks fan base, not that you don't want it for the baseball program or the athletics department overall, but you would like Dave to, to get over that hump and, and get his first College yep. World Series, not just appearance, because we know he's had many of those, not just championship appearances, because he's had two, or one of those, almost got to another one, but an actual championship that they could take back here to Fayetteville. All right. Want to get into what Eric Musselman had to say yesterday? Again, if you missed any, we played it several times this morning. But in regards to Devo Davis, he is back with the team. Devo and I met yesterday. We had a great conversation in my office. Followed it up with him and I lifting weights together, and then he went into the gym on his own and got shots up. He is back with the team. He practiced today, and we're excited to have him back. I think he's excited to be back with us. He had a good practice today. We brought this up earlier. I'm curious. You're probably, and I could be wrong about this, you're probably going to have a mix of claps and boos on Saturday at 5 o'clock against Georgia when Devo's back in uniform. I don't know if it's necessarily when he has the ball, but maybe in warm-ups, maybe in other things, which I hope doesn't happen, but I, I think I it's going know. to. We, we don't have a, a big history of our fans booing our own players um, in, in situations like that. Yeah. Well, there's I mean, no precedent for this. That's only what, in the Chad Moore's. Right? Yeah, but I, I mean, mean we, uh, but, but that was that was just booing everybody. But yeah. I mean, no, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think, um, I don't. I'm not saying there won't be. I'm not saying it'll be zero. But I'm not saying it. It's it's not going to be any kind of dominant theme. I feel like. I mean, don't this, don't let the don't let the the radicals on either end of an argument represent the majority. And I I feel like Musk was kind of in a no situ no win situation here, where again, if he lets it back on the team fans if they don't pan out then he's going to get criticized and if he doesn't let him back on the team for whatever there's people that say well you you didn't do enough for your son or whatever well well, well, let me repeat something i said earlier in the show and that's this decision tells me his teammates wanted him back because i think must i would i would as i would presume you know he had a feel for what the other guys on the team would like probably a majority or maybe totality Mm -hmm. and if 
if his teammates didn't want him back, I don't think he'd be back. It's got to be a personal reason. I, I, that's just my guess. It's not. You so know. my guess is his teammates probably shared a hand in his return. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Didn't know this until Chuck said it on Monday, or maybe it was last week, that only high school in the country, Fayetteville High School, to feature two Arkansas or two former graduates, Dre Greenlaw and Brandon Allen. BA is probably not going to play that ever. I don't know if it was ever. I think it's this year. I I I, I find it hard. Probably, to I would find it would. There probably isn't many years where you have two from the same high school on yeah. a, in a yeah. Super Bowl. I don't think I. I could be wrong. I mean. I, could be wrong. I've heard the stat that like an Alabama player that graduated hadn't scored a touchdown. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just something that's been said. But I find it hard to believe that that's never happened in the same year, even though it's what do you got? The NFL rosters is I'm sure 50, 52, 53. But you just think, what are the odds of getting to a Super Bowl? One in 100,000? or I, I don't know. I mean, what would be the odds of just anyone that plays high school football to get to a Super Bowl? Yeah. I mean, pretty long shot. Probably more than a hundred thousand. Be honest with you, maybe one, one in a million. I don't know, but two from the same team or same school that uh, on the same team that I don't know what the odds are on that. It, it may never never happen before. If you just stop and think about, it's not just getting to the NFL. It's not just getting to play. It's getting to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. or two of thirty two teams make it. Which yeah, that that's pers- hard enough. Yeah, that percentage one sixteenth, whatever that is. Um, I mean, the odds of two players from the same high school being on the same team are pretty pretty slim. Mm-hmm. That's why it's really cool for Brandon and Dre to be on the same team, for Isaiah and Jalen to be on the same team, not just Razorbacks, but Northside and, and Fayetteville Bulldogs as well. Yeah, I expect we'll see Dre Greenlaw probably play just about every snap on defense. And, you know, Brandon Allen probably won't get to play, but, man, is there some kind of correlation? He was on the – wasn't he on the Bengals when they went to the Super Bowl? Backed up Joe Burrow, I believe. Yeah, yeah. so there's some kind of – Something he's, he's bring, good luck charm. Yeah. He's bringing something to the yeah. to Super Bowl caliber teams that they like. Yeah, obviously. and whether Zach Taylor, I think Sean McVay, um, I think he's been the Rams, the Bengals, the Broncos. I don't know the connection there, but uh, the guy's been all over the place. And uh, something to be said, like you're saying about uh, just keeping him on the roster. Uh, and the other aspect of that, Tommy, is I mean, you've oh. talked with Tyler Wilson about this is. Just being on a roster, yeah, you got to be active. Get you that pension down the road. That's Mm -hmm. exactly right. So I mean, hang around, carry that clipboard, never have to work a real job in your life, big fella. I don't know. Good for him, Austin. Good for his family. I believe Austin. Austin is in Kansas City with his wife. Um, I don't know. Might be an insurance. I I remember someone telling me that, but uh, yeah, that's a that's a football family. Chuck was talking about Bobby yesterday, uh, going down to Atlanta, Texas, and getting some guys to. To come to Fayetteville, so a lot of uh, a lot of football lineage in the Allen family. Yes, and in the NBA, there's some pretty cool news. All four rookie pro hogs have scored their first points in the NBA. That's Ricky Council, Nick Smith, Anthony Black, and Jordan Walsh. The latest Jordan Walsh was the last one to score. He did it in dramatic fashion on Sunday against the Grizzlies on a transition dunk and a blowout win for the Celtics. Percentage of beast on that glass. Nice pass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You saw that entire Celtics bench and the fans. They like Jordan Walsh a lot. Uh, that fan base, again, you haven't got a chance to see him play much in a Boston Celtic. The main Celtics is their G League team, but uh, Jordan, the guys, is a guy they really seem to like and are high on. So hopefully he has a future there, even though that kind of wing position is pretty filled right now with. Tatum, Brown, and some of the other outstanding guys on that team. 
And also on Sunday, Bobby Portis hung 27 points on the Jazz uh, in the Bucks' loss to Utah. I saw that uh, he's rumored to potentially be in trade trade conversations with the Dallas Mavericks. Hey, Big C, I will take that. Which uh, I know you and I would say a good chunk of our, if, they're, if you're an NBA fan, it's Mavericks, Thunder, and Grizzlies are probably the, the top three in our market. I don't know. I think you're fans of players anymore because of fantasy sports. Yeah. Well, that is uh is that it, Big C? We yeah, got that, any more stuff? That is it. Okay. Well that's yeah, well with football season winding down, I mean it uh you know, that thins out the pro the pro hog update. I a little guess bit. the uh I guess I mean the, when we get baseball going here, that's gonna take I mean, we're gonna have to expand the segment. Yeah. Dominique Fletcher, I guess the, the biggest news as of late, going from the Diamondbacks to the Chicago White Sox. I don't know if oh, I've seen any other uh, Arkansas baseball pro hog news, but I know that happened just relatively recently. All right, that's your pro hog update. It's brought to you by Lindsay and Associates. They are celebrating their 50th year in the real estate business. They're the leading real estate company in Northwest Arkansas. Hey, if you're listing, if you're selling, or you're leasing, Lindsay and Associates can handle all of your real estate needs. They have over 200 professionally trained agents, three convenient locations. They're in Fayetteville, they're in Rogers, they're in Bentonville as well. Hey, Lindsay and Associates, they're the winning choice. Go to lindsay.com to search all current real estate inventory. At Lindsay and Associates, we bring great neighbors together. All right, we're going to talk to Tom Murphy coming up shortly. Uh, Tommy, I know you've got some Valentine's Day festivities. How far, because I've, I've talked to several friends um, about this, how far out do you plan with it being next week, Valentine's Day? I know this is... Man, we, in March, we'll have been married 20 years. And you, it's not that we don't buy stuff and not that we don't, I mean, we, we've been blessed. That she, she pretty much gets to do what she wants. I do what I want. We don't, I mean, Christmas, Valentine's Day, birthdays. I mean, we don't go all out on those things. I mean, we'd rather go get away for a weekend or go do something than, than uh, have a good meal or something. We don't, we're not big present buyers for each other. I would say the and I, I, I think the the further down the tracks you get in a marriage, probably more people are like that than we realize. Yeah, talking to my dad about this, my dad just by the way texted me. He was like, "Do you want to hear a Baylor Pro Hogs update?" And uh, I don't I don't know how much that would play to our are there any? pops. Yeah, no, yeah. there's there's plenty of Baylor <laughs> players, but and especially in basketball. But uh, that's kind of and I know you're kind of in the midst of doing this with your kids now. But my dad was more about trips and experiences than like I tried stuff. to get mine to understand that. It, it, because they get anything they, I mean, I was. We wonder why our kids feel entitled because we spoil them rotten, you know. And uh, I don't know why it is. We we say we're not going to do it, and then we do it. But anyway, yeah, I I would much rather spend the money. I mean, I need to be here, and this is probably gonna be a good year because the hogs aren't going to be in March Madness. But yeah, you know what? My kids are at that age; they don't have very many more spring breaks left. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my kids on spring break this year and next year and the year after that because. At some point, they won't want to go on spring break with mom and dad. Yeah, I. Um, so we're going. Speaking of being spoiled, I will a hundred percent attest, and I don't like being labeled as a private school kid, but I but was very much in that mold where I, it wasn't everything I wanted, but like I never worried about anything that I actually needed or anything. And once you get, and if you needed it, you just went to the pro shop or the tennis pro shop and charged <laughs> it to your country club account. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was easy. Yeah, and I, you move on to college. I mean, I would say the U of A was a very good wake-up call for me when you had people of all different races, all different walks of life, all different financial backgrounds. That was just, it definitely, again, I reevaluated life at that point. So I'm thankful for the University of Arkansas in multiple ways, but that was something. It was just kind of a wake-up call to stop being the way I was, at, I would say, through a good chunk of my middle school and, and high school days. All right, let's talk to our friend Tom Murphy here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline with Whole Hog Sports and Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, Tom, I know big story this weekend in football side of things for Arkansas with two guys playing, but the big news really the last 24 hours has been the announcement from Devont- or from Eric Musselman about Devontae Davis on his radio show last night. Are you surprised that he's coming back to play for the Hawks this season? Good morning, guys. And I'm still trying to process everything you guys were just talking about before I came on. But, um, <laughs> no, I'm not surprised because, you know, you could tell that Eric Musselman was intentionally leaving the door open without really saying it because I think he intrinsically understands, and I think this is one of the things that makes him a good coach, 
that he pushes the guys really hard, and he has some um, knee-jerk reactions um, physically and, you know, with his eyes and with his mouth that he does, and he ha- and I think he understands that sometimes players react to that, and it's a, it's a high-intensity deal. And um, so I think there's some grace involved. And, you know, you saw a deal with Makai Mitchell from the LSU game. And I'm sure there is, is grace involved there. And I, I just think he understands because he's such a high-intensity guy and he has reactions and he's emotional that he has to allow others to, to have their emotions too. It's a different age. And, yeah, I've seen all uh, or a lot of the commentary on social media about what it means and all this kind of stuff, but it's just a new age. And you haven't – a lot of these people who are commenting, you haven't been a coach in the NIL and the portal age where, you know, all your relationships, everything is micromanaged and everything's um, um, super examined. So, um, no, I am not surprised, and I hope the fans are, are show grace to Devo as well, and perhaps plugging him back in will, will help in the guard rotation. I mean, clearly, guys' minutes have, have been an issue, like how they – you feel better when you know what your minutes are going to look like when, when there's consistency at positions and there just hasn't been a lot of that this year. And that's, that's one of the issues that has hurt them. Yeah. To, to what you're talking about, about having some, some grace. Um, I think we saw a little bit of that with, with Makai Mitchell and, uh, what, what happened on Saturday, him and him and Musk getting a little heated. I, I think when you have competitors and people that are emotional, you know, like you said, your mouth's going to overload your hind end sometimes and you gotta, you gotta step back and take a breath. You you exactly do, and I just think, I mean, you can. Everyone has their opinions about what's happening, but I I do think from the big picture standpoint, Eric Mussman knows how to run a team. He knows that he gets can get emotional. Um, the players understand that he can get emotional, and I'm sure they talk about how much they love each other too. That we never you know hear, but it happens. And then um, so things like the Makai Mitchell deal. I think he was trying to throw an outlet to Keon from what I've kind of pieced together. And Minifield turned, and um, he wasn't there to catch the pass. So it was, oh, I got a turnover. Boom, turnover right back. Eric Musselman is unhappy. He says something. Makai says something. But, you know, it wasn't entirely his fault. So um, it's just one of those things that happens in a game that, you know, they, they were down, and um, LSU was shooting so well in that game that, I mean, even if Arkansas had been completely together down there, played better defensively and shot it a little better, it was still uh, going to be a tussle to win that game. Is Eric Musselman hard to play for, hard to coach for? You know, I can't speak to saying that, you know, I haven't done it. I don't know. But it seems to me that you do have to have uh, an, a, a thickness to your skin and an, an emotional capabilities, uh, the maturity to, to be able to handle hard coaching, so to speak. I would say that about him. Tom Murphy with us here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, Whole Hawk Sports, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, with this week that they have, and Musk spoke to it a little bit last night, and you talked about some of the issues on the road in Baton Rouge. With Devo coming back and having some more time, do they have an ability to fix things in the next at least nine regular season games in that one conference tournament game? I think they have the ability to start, you know, to repair the things that they've lacked in and be a better team. Um, what plugging Devo Davis back in means and maybe the eventual readdition of Trevin Brazil, I'm not, I'm not sure. It's just been a tough year for them to, when everybody was healthy, try to t- try to work the minutes to p- kind of please people and then be productive at the same time. And now with the injuries and Devo situation and all that, um, it just adds different layers to it. Um, they've gotten better in certain games. But it has been really strange, and I documented this after the game. They've lost four games, I think, by twenty, um, and they've they've been they've been leading by twenty against A and M, and then um, against Missouri, leading by twenty plus, and they've been trailing by twenty in a bunch of games. I mean, we're not used to seeing that with Arkansas basketball. Like a few years ago, that blowout at, at Bama was like so so wild and un you know un uncharted territory almost and now this year there's been a lot of that so i just think they can be better i think it started with being a better physical rebounding team and uh that's got to be a point of emphasis going forward 
Tom, I saw that Missouri got a hefty donation of $62 million anonymously to their football mm. program, 12 for NIL, 50 for, uh, I guess, stadium renovations. Is Arkansas, you think, in a good situation where people are still willing to contribute to their football program? You know, I saw that piece of news, too. And, I mean, Missouri football, as much as you want to say, man, their stadium's so much smaller and their game day atmosphere is this and, you know, the Razorbacks should be ahead of them. They're not. And it's it's stunning to me. And Arkansas fans, don't I don't feel, have maybe embraced that rivalry potential like Missouri has. And, I mean, there's been multiple instances over the years that Missouri stoked things. The Eric Beezer incident in 2016. Um, you know, Eli Drinkwitz's commentary in recent years. Arkansas fans got to embrace that. I mean, you might think that, well, you know, we're bigger rivals with LSU or Ole Miss or, you know, um, Texas is coming back in the league. We'll get back with them more. Well, you got to start winning this Missouri rivalry, too. And and to answer your question, um, I think the NIL has been one of the things that uh, Arkansas administration has been waking up to that uh, other programs are handling it in a different way. And I, I think they do need more big donors to step up, but you know, how do you do that? Well, it helps to be winning. Um, and right now football, uh, is coming off a rough year and, um, you see what's happening with basketball. I think fans just have to give out a faith. And, um, I don't, I don't know what the solution to that is other than work your, Work your people to the best that you can. Tom, last thing. Uh, did you make anything of the SEC and Big Ten forming that advisory committee? And what do you think the intentions of that is? Well, I think it's long range. You know, what is college athletics going to look like? Um, clearly, conferences have already begun to, to, you know, exert a little bit more say-so and sway in the formation of rules and how NIL and things like that are done, and I think they understand what their voice is like, and the power is within the programs themselves. And so as two of the biggest conferences, I think they uh, it makes sense for them to guide, so to speak, to be the leader, the forefront of, of changes that are might come in college athletics. And, you know, hopefully for the good. I, I, there needs to be some type of uniformity to how NIL is, is is in, impl- in put in place, and uh, there's a lot of frustration in college athletics right now. And we we just spoke about it, Arkansas's NIL situation, the portal, all the the rules, when things open and close. Um, uh, players have been given a lot of latitude and freedoms. And um, uh, I mean, I, I saw on the news yesterday that some conference or a school somewhere voted to uh, make the the players, employees of the university and uh, of the formation of a union is, is on the horizon. I mean, mm-hmm. that's new deal. And so having a committee like this could, could go some way to start working towards solutions. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.